there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free it is episode 257 of your uh, weekly Jersnet Podcast. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say every week guys, it's not just the pod that you can get Jersnet if you get yourself onto the... Uh, the website, you'll see the forums is there, articles, uh, there's a history archive on the website as well, so get yourself on that. Uh, and we, we would also ask you to promote, or put the word out there on social media, let people know that we're here, uh, we're over 6,000 subscribers I think at the moment. Uh, so yeah, put the word out there and, and let us know. Uh, before I bring in my guests, I will have to, if I can get it on the screen, Mention our partners at Forest Precision Engineering, who are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, and they have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers Football Club for many, many years. Uh, we're delighted that they're back in the pod, and if you want more information on them, you can get it at www.forestprecisioninc.com. You can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a stunning hospitality area within the main stand, uh, for information on how to book this unique and intimate space uh, email the club at hospitality 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 at rangers.co.uk. Uh, now that's out of the way. I'll bring in my guests. Uh, well, obviously, we're going to look at uh, yesterday's uh, shambles. <laughs> I think it's maybe the best way to describe it uh, at, at Celtic Park. Uh, so, joining me first of all, we've got uh, Craig uh, Craig Gray. How are you doing, Craig? Uh, I've had better Easter's calling, but um, I. Really excited to be on here and chat about yesterday. It was a brilliant winter. Yeah, I've been I've been looking forward to it all day, I have to say. Uh, and we've also got Gary Valentine. How are you, Gary? I'm not bad, Colin. How's yourself? Oh, I am pickety boo. <laughs> Alright, we talk about the football or not, I terrible. Aye, aye. So we didn't win yesterday, we'll just wrap it up there, we'll just call it quits there, and that's it. We'll come Good back night. next week. See you all later, eh? No, I suppose we need, we need to get in about the nuts and bolts here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, 3-2 defeat. I, I mean, in terms of the performance, Craig, I, I mean, uh, some are not the worst performance of had at Celtic Park, not, not by a long stretch. You know, with long periods of possession, uh, played well in long periods of the game. Just, you know... Obviously, key decisions, which we'll come on and talk about, refereeing decisions have impacted in the game. But I, I just felt, yeah, again, you know, we're talking about the same players not turning up, not having, uh, you know, an impact or an effect on the game. Whereas their big players did. Defeat, uh, I mean, in terms of the performance, the it's, it's had a major part in it, but it just feels like it's just, it's the same old stuff. It feels like deja vu in a, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um Tweeted yesterday, same, you know, what different day with us team, um, because it's true. Um, performance was bad, like you say, Colin. I thought, I thought it was decent. I thought, thought the game was pretty even. Um, but big moments cost us again. Um, the first goal, it's the same goal that we can see against Celtic at Parkhead every time. Um, Kyoko loses Davies. He obviously makes a complete. And a howler for, for the second goal and then you know the third goal is just a comedy of errors um, it just seems to be every time we go to Parkhead unforced errors cost us um, and it was no different yesterday um, to be honest I'm just sick and tired of it now it's, it's got to a point where it's it's you know worse than a, a long running joke um, these players have, have continuously let us down um, apart from one season really um, you know it, it's time for a lot of, a lot of people to go and include guys like K 
Kent Morelos there. Um, Morelos actually I thought played okay yesterday, but scored that chance there that, that he needs to score. If that Kyogo, that's a goal. Um, I know we sort of spoke offline. Kyogo maybe doesn't do much in the match, but he scores goals, and that's what you need to do to win games of football. You need to score goals. It's it's no difficult. Michael Beale said before the game, the game would be won and lost in both boxes, and well, he was right, wasn't he? I think that's the thing, Gary. You know, is that I mean, okay, that the last couple of times we went to Celtic Park, it's we've put in, you know, shameful performances. Really, you know, I mean, well, two of the last three, obviously, we got the draw at the tail end of last season, but there was a three 0 defeat and the four 0 defeat, identical performances. Really, you know, not learning uh, from from previous mistakes. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it's, it's like that this time. I think there's an element of more frustration this time because we were in the game. You know, we, 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 as I said, we had long periods of possession. You know, I think at one point, the start came up, you know, we had the vast majority of the possession at the time. It was just those key moments for not taking our chances and then add the, the, the stupid blunders at the other end of the park. It's it's cost us. Yeah, I think the only kind of positive we can take um, from yesterday is that we, we did compete and going with the, the last game as well. Seems that uh, Bill's got us in a position where we're not getting ran over because that, that was happening before um, when Van Bronckhorst was a manager. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's Celtic or Ross County, if you gift two goals, it's going to make it very difficult to win. And the, the chances we did get, we didn't take. And but we'll probably come on to this later on about um, like Morelos and Kent and things like that. But at the end of the day, our big players need to score goals in big games. And for us, domestically, Celtic's are a big game. Their players don't do it enough. Celtic players do, and that's why nine teams out of ten they're winning their games now. Craig, I mean, as, as, as Gary's alluded to there, you know, we've, we've got to score goals, we've got to take our chances. We did take a chance early on in the game. Uh, Morelos from the corner kick, Kevin Clancy. Now, I put on uh, a WhatsApp chat uh, with, with John McCallum from the pod on Friday night because we were kind of joking about you know, the key men about f- for tomorrow's game. And I was like, this is Celtic's biggest danger, man. And I posted a photo of Kevin Clancy. And I don't want to say I was right. I was right. You know, it is happening too often, I think, with this guy. And we'll come on and talk about that. But the actual decision itself, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see anything at the time. You know, we were watching it in my mate's shed on the big screen and all the rest of it. We were all jumping about and then it's like, what's happened to you? And then it just gets worse when you when you see the replay. You're like, there's absolutely nothing in that. That's that's not a foul. So then you think, but VAR will save us. You know, VAR will award it. And uh, I think it was Nick Walsh that was on the VAR yesterday. He doesn't get involved as well. And you know, yeah, Rangers are, are accountable on, on on a couple of occasions yesterday for not taking their chances for defensive errors that have helped influence the game. But so is that. You know that. You know if that stands. There's every chance we get the draw or, or, or maybe even get the win. And it's the fact that it's Kevin Clancy is is, is a big issue for me. Kevin Clancy is the worst referee in Scotland. It's quite simple. Um, I don't understand why it is in this country that we continuously reward failure um, in Scottish football. You know, you can make blunders in big games and you can still get three big games. His performance um, in the game in 2019 where Katic scored the winner was a joke. Um, yesterday again, 
just you actually run out of, of words to 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 say here because he, he is the worst referee in Scotland. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll keep saying it, and he should not be continuously giving big matches where he is continuously making big mistakes like that. That decision, if anything, it's a penalty to us. Johnson's wrestling Morelos yeah. to the ground, and it's a, it should have been a penalty to us at least, possibly even a, um, a booking for Johnson as well. At the very worst, both players are doing the exact same to each other. So what do you do? You just let the play go on. That's what you do. Um, Rangers are going to write a letter, I think, to the SFA to seek clarification or something like that. You know, we, we need to do more. Um, Celtic have got their puppets in the media, continuously making comments about VAR. Um, and the last few weeks, you've seen Celtic get big decisions. Hibs, you know, um, their player was sent off for a second booking. It was never a sending off Ross County. I do think that was a penalty to, to Celtic, but the issue that I had was the fact that Willie Collum added on like an extra minute of time and just basically allowed play to go on um, until he gave Celtic a penalty. And then yesterday, three games in a row, three match days in a row, Celtic have had three massive decisions go their way, which shouldn't have been happening. And nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. The same referees are going to keep putting in the same performances time after time and nothing's going to happen. They're going to get paid. They'll go home. Um, you know, they'll, they'll train twice a week. There you go. It's the same thing. Um, you know, I know we all talk about VAR as well. VAR should have, should have saved it, and I should have, but I still don't understand how Clancy can't give it. He's got a perfect view. He's right in front of it. It's just, it's, it's a running joke, to be honest, and I'm, I'm just getting sick of it, really. Gary, I mean, we have history with Clancy. You know, the the game in 2019, obviously, is, is one of them. I found an article the day from the Sunday Post from, from that game because, you know, he, he gave Celtic a penalty, which wasn't really a penalty. You know, he sent Morelos off for, for next to nothing. I mean, he added on about 10 minutes <laughs> every time to, 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 in, in the hope that Celtic would, would get the equaliser. Uh, he also awarded Celtic's goal, which shouldn't have stood because I think Carl McGregor hit it and it hit off. I think it was Edward's hand and it's deflected yeah. it past McGregor. Now, he's came out at the time in this, in this article in Sunday Post saying, yeah, I got it wrong. I admit I got it wrong. You know, the goal shouldn't have stood. But VAR will pick these things up in the future. Right? And then we've got that yesterday. You've also, I don't think people should forget his performance at Pataudry, uh, you know, a season or so back when he, when he sent off Ryan Kent for, for absolutely nothing as well. And he's walking off the park at the end of the game laughing and joking with Scott Brown. It, it, it's either really, really bad refereeing, which you hope is the case, or you are in the realms of, because that's three or four games now where I'm your like, I am starting to question your integrity on these matters. You're probably too young to remember Brian McGinley, but it was a referee in the 80s, Brian McGinley, who was just blatant when it came to Rangers. He just gave Rangers nothing, gave Celtic everything in all fun games, gave us nothing. I'm starting to feel that with Clancy. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, Craig saying that he's the worst referee. I look at it and I, I am genuinely starting to question this guy's integrity. Oh, certainly no, no, not in that, that stage. I think uh, Scottish referees are just bad. Um, I think for, for all the decisions that we could say that we didn't get in games, I'm sure every other team could probably say the same. Um, 
the, the, the biggest issue for me is that is, see, see these wee decisions that we're talking about, they shouldn't matter because we should be steamrolling these teams and, and taking your chances and whether you be talking about a, 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 a disallowed goal, yeah, it should have been a goal, but we had enough chances and caused enough problems yourself to win that game without worrying about a disallowed goal. I would disagree with that, but there we go. That's that's the nature of the game. Uh, Craig, on on the issue of VAR, as I said earlier on, Nick Nick Walsh was was on VAR, didn't he? He doesn't rectify the original decision or or doesn't instruct Clancy to go and look at it in his monitor. You know, Alan McCoy sort of said at the time on commentary, it's an embarrassment. Even Andy Walker's kind of admitted, you know, if I was at the other end of the park, the Celtic fans and he would be looking for a goal. And again, I told you so, but I mean, I moaned about VAR coming into Scottish football for a long time. I've not been impressed with it since it's come in at all. I, I just think, one, it, I, I think the main thing with VAR, people never took into consideration, is it's the same officials. It's the same inept officials looking at VAR and making a call, a judgment. There's, there's nothing definite about VAR. You're still looking for someone's interpretation. You know, like with goal line technology, that's definitive. You know, the minute the ball crosses the line, we know because the technology is there to tell us that the ball has crossed the line. With VAR, you don't have that. With VAR, you just have the TV technology to ask someone to go back and look at it again. Now, we've, in my opinion, we've seen what's, what's happened down the road with the, the, the Premiership when, when it was introduced there. It's still no perfect. I was watching a wee bit of the Crystal Palace uh, Leeds game the day. There was a, a VAR call on that for a, for, a, for a potential offside goal. Now, the guy's about half a yard to a yard on. So when the, when the image comes up on the screen, you look at it and you go, well, that's on. You don't even need to get the lines out. That's on. And it's still taking about four or five minutes for them to come to a decision. You know, messed about the lines and all the rest of it. So that, that's my issue with VAR. It's, you're still asking someone's interpretation of the incident. It's not going to clear up. It never will. So why have it? If it's not going to fix errors like yesterday's, what's the point? Um, I see what you mean, Colin. I know, um, I know you've you've never been in favour of VAR. And we've had our, our discussions on it before, but um, I, I'm in favour of it. I think um, in the main, you know, the, the principle is fine, but you don't need VAR to be making that decision yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Um, Nick Walsh, it surprised me, because I actually think Nick Walsh isn't a terrible referee. He's probably the best of a bad bunch up here, in my opinion. Um, and you just, you don't need VAR to make that decision yesterday. Um, you know, we've had calls going in our favour with VAR, but it's because they probably should have went in our favour. Um, you know, there's maybe been a couple of, you know, many contentious ones that you go, well, maybe it could have been given, maybe, you know, it might, might not have been, but generally speaking, it's actually been been pretty good for us. Um, but the last few weeks, so we're seeing big decisions going in Celtic's favour, big decisions going against us, game-changing decisions, you know, Hibs going down to 10 men, you know, you go down to 10 men Celtic Park, you're pretty much gubbed. Um, you know, the penalty last week, Yesterday, um, you know, I know, I know, Gary touched on it, the performance, and you know, we we should be focusing on ourselves, and we do that. I, I like to think as Rangers fans, we don't get the toxies out and the conspiracy theories out like certain people. Um, but 
yeah, you, you don't need VAR to be making that call. Yeah, so then, to be honest, we're 12 points behind the now, but Hibs get something for that game a couple of weeks ago. For Ross County, get something for, for that game last week. And if we, we get a victory yesterday, then, you know, could have been a, a very, very different picture. Um, but, you know, you, you don't need VR to be to be making that, that decision yesterday. That should just be a case of looking at that and saying, what, what's happened? Nothing nothing has happened. It's handbags. Um, let the play go on. A lot of the goal to be given. Um, Johnson's played it really well. Um, he knows that he's he's been beat by Morelos and he's just... He basically just went down trying to trying to look for a free kick and it's worked. Um so that's kinda of just what you've got to put up with, but you don't you don't need VR to be making that, that decision yesterday. Can I just make a point on the, the VR? Um every fan that I know had said maybe two, three weeks ago that Celtic and their Nvidia would start talking about VAR for the semi final. So we all seen this coming that there'd be a big decision that would go Celtic's way and that's happened. So what really frustrates me is that the club don't seem to do anything about it. They never play the the, the, the politics of Scottish football. Celtic do and that's how they seem to get the majority of the decisions. So I don't think it's uh, anti-Rangers referees. I just think that referees are scared to get decisions against Celtic because their, their names and addresses will be on the internet all week and they'll need to get abused at their work and their kids will get abused at the school and everything. And it sounds far-fetched, but that's what happens. And these guys are human. And for all you can see that uh, Clancy yesterday could says, it's close, but uh, I, better, I better know. It's a human instinct. And it really annoys me that we didn't put more pressure on them. I know we've said that we've, we've wrote a letter to, to them to the SFA to explain herself a wee bit and straight away you see Sutton saying uh, Dear Rangers Alfie shoved the boy can make a fool of it but when it's other way about it's, it's, it's damn right so they should be there should be a dossier made and all this kind of stuff we just don't play that politics game well and it's something we really need to do do you know we need a complying media for that though, Gary? Is that no part of the issue as well? We don't have many friends in the media. If, if, if Rangers are releasing, if Rangers release a statement on their website, everybody reads it. Because it goes everywhere. And if you've no got people in the media, they need to get them. You know what I mean, I'm sure we could argue yeah, with a couple of Rangers journalists or Rangers media yeah, journalists. Well, well. Yeah, but I, I, I think you're. I mean, the, the, the sort of ex-players that are, are in that. That capacity. I mean, McCoy certainly doesn't play that game. You know, McCoy is he's, he's different. Yeah, he's, he's forever the diplomat, and you know, Boyd does it to an extent, but maybe not as much as he should. But you're right. You know, the likes of Hartson and Sutton and, and all the rest of them, and Tom Boyd crawls out the woodwork whenever oh, anything Christ. goes against them. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I do. I, I, I know we criticise the club for not doing enough on this, but I, I do wonder if their, their hands are slightly tied behind their back, and that's because of the. You know the landscape, the current landscape at the moment. I don't think we have a huge amount of friends, uh, you know, within the SFA and, and, the, and the sort of governance of the game. Don't think we have a huge amount of friends within the media. You know, it's. I think that makes it difficult for for anyone who's trying to get positive messages out there about the club and to challenge things like like the decision on 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 uh, and yesterday. Sorry, it makes it difficult. You know, because they they've they've got their people everywhere that just that just shut it down. That just turn it into a farce. 
Yeah, fair point, but it's certainly something that we should maybe be a bit more vocal rather than the way it's perceived that, that we're doing nothing behind the scenes. Gary, I'll stay with you now. Like, see, like, the, the, first, the first goal, as, as Craig sort of indicated there, it feels like a, a goal we've seen countless times now, coming down that right-hand side, cross into the box, uh, and I mean, I mean, the minute it went to Kyogo and he was turning, you, you kind of felt it coming. I mean, one, it pisses me off that it's coming down that side again. But two, I know it's a, it's a decent dig, but McGregor gets a hand to it. And, I, and like when you see one angle in particular facing the goal, you look at it and think, could he got a stronger hand than that? You know, I know he's quite close and all the rest of it, but it just frustrates me that it's, again, it's this feeling that we, we haven't learned. It's, it's coming down that side again. Uh, caught back into the box and we're all over the shop. Yeah, it was, it was quite a straight play by him. He's, he's, he's let the, the defenders go in front of him and he's taken a step back to get that space. But I, I agree with you with McGregor. I actually think he gets two hands to it, which uh, is a bit more concerning. He, he could have maybe done more with it. But you see, well, <laughs> it's just, we could probably replay this podcast with several games and it be the exact same folks will find and it's, it's, it's just it's the same same mistakes every big game every biggish game and uh, we just didn't seem to learn from it and that's what's really really frustrating as a fan like we said see uh, of course we'll get to, to Tav's goal but Tav's goal I never even celebrated because I, I just in my gut I just thought we're going to we'll win this because the players just suddenly want to fight for it and they've proven time and time again that they'll just continue to let us down and, and they did Unfortunately. Craig, it is, uh, uh, I mean, when you think about the previous performances at Celtic Park, you know, again, I kind of made a, a joke to one of my mates about, especially when I heard Goldson was out, you know, and, and Suter was in. I was like, it'll be three and a half after 15 minutes, the usual, blah, blah, blah. Half joking. But I was kind of looking at the, the clock, you know what I mean? As, as the game was going on, so obviously they get the goal chopped off for offside. But when that went in, before the flag went up, I thought, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Run down after five minutes, here we go. Place will be rocking. We're up against it. And it, and it was frustrating when we conceded that goal, even though it, it didn't count, you know, when, when it initially went in. Because I thought the first five minutes had started well. So it gets to that point, you know, you get to 10 minutes, you get to 15 minutes, the crowd are starting to quiet and we're playing well. And then we just we just do the same thing as we, we do all the time. That, that goal down the right-hand side. And then that, that gives them the lift. Yeah, um, as, as I said before, it's the same goal every time. It's the same goal that, that Celtic seem to score against everyone, to be honest. Never mind, um, it just does. Um, the, look, that, the first goal, I know, as I've, I've said, it's the same goal every time. But for me, Ben Davies should be doing better there. Um, yeah, it's clever play for Kyogo, but you pay four million quid for Ben Davies so that he can, he can intercept that and stamp that out. That's why you pay big money for these players. Um, and then obviously he's made a complete howler for the, the second one as well. John Suter actually obviously made a massive mistake for the third goal, but I thought John Suter was was pretty decent um, yesterday. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of felt a wee bit sorry for him as soon as he made that howler for, for the third goal because the camera's on him, you know, and you just know that he's going to be getting all the blame for that when I think he was badly let down by, by Davies yesterday. And, a wee bit out of, out of character for Davies because I think this season he's been pretty good. He, you know, he's played most of the games in his slippers. He's been solid. But 
when you pay big money for these players, you've got to do it in these games. Um, it's all well and good having performances all made under United and whatever, but when you play against Celtic, you need to have big performances and, you know, just... Uh, the, the second one especially, I just don't understand it. Just get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? Faffing about, messing about, um, you know, and we've shot ourselves in the foot against Celtic again, which we seem to do every time. As I've said before, it always seems to be on full stairs. Um Celtic have scored, I'm trying to think, scored that many bloody goals against us this season. But um, most of them, I would say 80 to 90% of them, have been on full stairs. And you'll get people that say, well, you know, Celtic will you know, do this or they'll do that to you and, you know, they'll force teams in to make mistakes. And yes, they do do that. But at the same time, we are talking about genuine unforced errors here. The goal um, at New Year, um, Morelos just passes the ball to a Celtic player. Then Tav doesn't take Maida out. Um, the last goal that Turnbull scored in the 4-0 game in September, McLaughlin, you know, Davies yesterday, it's continuous errors, continuous unforced errors, and you know, it's quite scathing at that, that squad and this group of players, because we're saying the same things about them every single game, every time we play Celtic as well, and it's getting beyond a joke now. Gary, I mean, on the Cavs free kick, uh, I mean, I have to be honest with you, I, I was opposite of you, I mean, I was in my mate's shed, as I said, and we were all going off our head when, when that hit the net. And, and and I genuinely felt at that point, well, we've, you know, we've conceded, we've came back, we've, we've large chunks of the play. Oof. This is us, we're back in it now. But we also have to mention Tav, I mean, he got his 100th goal yesterday. You know what I mean? And, you know, another milestone with the club. And, you know, he's, he's, had, a, he's had a great career with Rangers. <sighs> But is there no an issue here the fact that we're, you know, we're, we're relying on Taft to get two goals at Celtic Park? You know what I mean? It's that that's shown that, you know, middle to front, the, the boys are they're not creating enough, they're not scoring enough. You know, because if Taft doesn't turn up yesterday, you know what I mean? We're, we're not scoring. You know what I mean? That, that's the problem. And so is that an issue? The fact that, and, and does that point the finger at further up the park at the players that are supposed to be a wee bit more creative? that we're actually relying, because I, I heard uh, Postacoglu made a, a sort of jive saying, you know, well, the only threat they have is free kicks or that kind of thing, sort of saying that we've got nothing in that final third. I don't quite agree with that, but I do think it's an issue that we're relying on Taft so much in goals for goals in these big games. You need Morelos, you need you need your other strikers, your, your Kents, all these guys, Tillman, you know, all these guys to be contributing when they get their moment up, up, up at that end of the park, they've got to take it, and they're not, you know. And therefore, we're relying on as good as a free kick it was, and it was a cracker. I mean, when you consider uh, the, the positioning he had, you know, because he, he went central because I think he thought it could, it could either be Borna or Taff, so he's went fairly central. And I think I genuinely think that gives a keeper a better chance, you know, rather than standing at one side and saying go and hit it at, at that side of the goal. And he was still nowhere near it. You know, I mean, it, it was a laugh that he died for it, actually, because it was, it was just never getting to it. But we're st- the fact that we're relying on Tav to do that for us, I, I think that's the problem here. I couldn't agree with you more. So the, your, the, not even just your three strikers yesterday, your attackers in general just don't do it enough in the big games. I mean, like, Kent Smith got two, three goals against Celtic and 
five, six years. Morelos, two, maybe five, six, seven years. It's just, they're, they're meant to be two main guys. Then you've got Kyogo, who's been at Celtic two, two seasons, and that's about five goals in three games. Your big players didn't turn up. And the, the more Tav does things like that, it makes me actually feel bad for him that he always seems to step up and the rest of them didn't do it. And he's going to be looked back in years to come as a player with all these individual honours, but he's only got a couple of trophies to show for it. And I think that's really unfair because he's had an absolute, he's had a great career uh, for us. Signed for 200 grand, was it? And it's probably you know, the, the, the best signing we've ever made for that amount of money and what we've got in return. And I just really hope that his last couple of years before he retires, we get sorted and they can get mere trophies because he certainly deserves them. See, so, um, just on the fullback, sorry, Colin. Um, I, I was talking about this with my a pal that's a Celtic fan yesterday. And he said quite simply, if you want to get to the Rangers, get to the fullbacks. And I'm not talking about even so much defensively here because we know Tav and Bond have maybe been showed up against Celtic in games gone by. But if you compare our fullbacks to Celtic's fullbacks, right? Johnson and Taylor. Um, two guys that don't really contribute in terms of goals or assists. I think I seen earlier, Johnson's played 11 league games, he's got one assist. But they're disciplined, they're quite solid mostly, um, and and they've got a job to do. We rely on our fullbacks for output that much. Um, that it is, it's it's quite concerning because if you've n- um, got neither Barisic or Taff having a good game, or you know if their delivery's off or what have you, we're struggling big time. Um, and that that is a concern. We need to stop playing. I think with so much focus in these fullbacks, but. The problem is how how do you do that? I mean, you know, Tav Tav's not going to change who he is, um, and I, I you know I love Tav. I think he's he's great and, and what have you. But you know, maybe in the future we, we need to look at maybe allowing the fullbacks to sort of have a wee step back in terms of the output. But I just think in terms of the way that Michael Beale wants to play, um. That's just that's just how it is, but it, it's it's very very concerning for me. But the, the Celtic ones and all you all fight on modern fullbacks should be contributing goals and assists, and they probably should. But you don't need your fullbacks to be scoring after your midfielders and your strikers are scoring every week. So that that's a difference for me as well. Sorry, Colin. See the thing is, Craig. Yeah, you've got your fullbacks pitting in balls and that, but we've not got the players in the middle that are doing anything with it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that's a major problem. Like we can't play through the middle because again, I don't think Quark holds up very well. Morelos is a hit or a miss depending uh, what's happening. But if, if you look at that game last week, uh, they tried to play in Morelos a few times, gave up, played it to Cantwell. He managed to get a ball through to Tillman. That's one of the first goals I've seen us going through the middle in a long time. Because it's like we need better players and different players than what we've got now to be able to change your style a wee bit because at the minute that's probably the only option you've got because we've got two fullbacks with cracking delivery. It's, I mean, it's certainly a, a main outlet and, and, and the fact like, I mean, the fullback role has changed. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if you'd have said to me growing up like, you know, I don't know who was a right back and Jimmy Nicol. I mean, Jimmy Nicol was never going to score 100 goals for Rangers. You know what I mean? Even Gary Stevens when he arrived, you know, as, as great a fullback as he was and, uh, and he was probably the best right back in, in, in my life supporting Rangers but if you 
it, nowhere near a hundred goals. You know what I mean? It's it's just I mean it's phenomenal what, what Tav has, has done since he's been here. But it, it, it does also highlight that we're been a bit over reliant on them. And I, I think that the point that you made there, Craig, about your pal saying, you know, hurt the fullbacks and you hurt Rangers. It's right if you can nullify them. You know what I mean? It's not even about as you say getting at them defensively. It's about just just taking them out the, the game all together. Then Rangers become a bit plodding, you know what I mean? They, they, they genuinely struggle. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great achievement for him and he, and he deserves a lot of credit. But as you say, Gary, he, he, he deserves a lot more in terms of, you know, honours and stuff like that because he is one of the only ones. When we go to Celtic Park, he does turn up, you know, nine times out of ten. He's, he's made a couple of errors in the past. But overall, you know, for, for the bigger games, Tav turns up and, uh, yeah, you do. You feel sorry for him. Craig, on to the, 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 the second goal yesterday. Again, <laughs> just comical. It's just really, really embarrassing. And to the fact that some guys, but the minute Davis hit the first clearance, they thought it went out for a corner. So they'd started chatting to one another. And then they heard the cheer and they turned around. They're like, what happened there? You know what I mean? Why why be two one down? And then when they see the replay, they're just like, unbelievable. I mean, when you, I mean I'm, I'm with you. I think Ben Davies is... is has played well this season. I think the, the the partnership he's got with Goldson has been has been pretty solid. But that is that is schoolboy stuff. You know, he's the fact that he doesn't clear it at the first attempt is bad enough. I think you know that that, that should just be going into Rose Ed. But he's okay. It can happen. He's no caught it right. But he's then got the second attempt, and rather than just clear his lines and set up for the corner kick, he tries to head it back into play. Comes off Jota. And by the way, I have to be honest, I don't think McGregor covers himself in glory either. It, it, it seems to go through him a bit easy. So, again, at a point when we felt fairly comfortable, we were holding our own. I don't think we played quite as well in the second half, I have to be honest. Going forward, I, I, I thought we had our best period in the first half. thought we were giving the ball away a, a wee bit too cheap playing the second half. But we were still in it. And then you just hand them a goal. Just boom, have that, that's it, 2-1, we'll go for here. It's just, and it, again, it's this reoccurring theme of just handing them goals. You know, we just do it in every single game, especially at Celtic Park. Here, have a goal, on you go. And it's just that one, and that, that's maybe the worst, I've got to be honest with you, because he's got two cracks at it. He's got two cracks to get it clear. When he makes an arse of the first one, <laughs> it's fucking clear lunchtime. And it, it's ball, man, everyone, heater at the park. To try and be clever at that point, it's really poor. Really, really poor. Yeah, and it's, as we've said, it's the same old story with these players. Um, obviously, I agree there in, in terms of Davies, and, and he has done well this season, but like I said earlier, you pay four million quid for, for a guy, you need to do it against Celtic. Um, to be fair, I think he's been decent against Celtic as well this season, apart from yesterday, but again, that's why you pay money for these guys. We desperately miss Philip Palander, I think, in these games. He was someone who was a real, real calming influence on that team. Um, and the recovery of Philander as well, considering the fact that the guy can't walk, um, is really, really impressive. Um, you know, I, I think for the first goal yesterday, I know we've obviously mentioned it, but I don't think Kyogo loses Philander, in my opinion. I don't think he does it. Um, but he does with Ben Davies. Um, you know, Davies just hasn't switched on and begs a question, you know, and I kind of alluded it to, uh, alluded to it, sorry, at the time, Ben Davies isn't a guy that's played a lot of football in his career, he's, you know, he's 27, 28, I think, 
kind of came out of nowhere. I know he was at Preston for a while, and then he, he randomly got a move to Liverpool. Um, he's sitting playing in the reserves for Liverpool. You're not playing, you know, first team football all the time. So, yeah, he's obviously he is a quality player on his day. Um, but you know, I know we were, we were looking at at Doki and stuff like that. And the summer apparently, um, you can get with the conspiracies about Gio no signing any Dutch players again, but. You know, four million quid for a guy that's not played a lot of football in his career as a risk. And, you know, yesterday it certainly never paid off for him. But, you know, he, he needs to recover from it and, and hopefully can and, and time for the game at hand in a couple of weeks at least. I just say something there as well about uh, Hollander. Um, just like when we're, we're talking about for, for planning for next season and things like that, like we signed Hollander, I think it was like three and a half million, four million pounds. He was a Swedish international playing in Syria with Bologna and we've paid a similar fee for, as Craig said, a reserve player for Liverpool who's played with Preston previously. Going to England and looking to spend money on players just isn't going to work because they're overinflated and as we say, they're bang average players. They'll stand out against your, the rest of your teams in the league but when it comes to the big games, your Celtic, your European football, they'll get caught out and you maybe get some odd bargain here and there a Bosman or whatever but I certainly if it was me I'd be looking elsewhere because I don't think England's where they're getting value for money I think the thing with Hollander that he had that maybe no one in that centre half pairing yesterday had really good positional sense you know he always struggled physically in terms of you know he's not the most mobile and all the rest of it and you know he obviously wasn't blessed with a great amount of pace but a bit like Davy Weir he just knew where to be. He could read the game. He had good positional sense. And he cut danger out without having to make desperate tackles and all the rest of it. But I think the reason we got him at the price that we got him is because, you know, he, was, he, he wasn't fit, you know, and, and, and we've seen that in his, in his time at Rangers. And obviously, like, the last year, we've, we've, we've not seen him at all. So I know what you're saying, Gary, that the league down the road is inflated, you know, the, the, the prices that are getting paid. I mean, look at Chelsea now. It's, it's just a basket case of a club, you know. I was reading, I was reading through the week there. They've got so many players; they, they don't have enough room in the changing room. Some of them are having to get changed in the corridor. They've got forty odd players, first team players, all trying to get eleven jerseys. You know, five hundred million or something. I think they've spent over the last year. So it's just nonsense. So I get that. I do, I do get what you're saying. You know, if, you, if you're going down the road, it's it's an inflated league. Uh, and and you're you're paying premium prices for maybe players like Brian Kent's maybe an example. Yeah, I was just going to say Brian Kent. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're playing high high weight, uh, you know, fees and wages for players that are maybe not as as good as they think. But I I genuinely think the reason we got Hollander for the price that we got him at is because it, it came with a bit of risk. It was like he, he you know he's he's not fit. He's not mobile. So it's. I suppose it's it's just the market that we're in, you know. Considering our budget, you're you're either going to have to pick guys up for down the road or guys, you know, in Europe that have maybe got injured. I mean, Roof's another example. You know, what I mean, just such a great player, but just kind of get him fit. And and I think that's the market we're in. You know, you're we're not going to be able to sign the Gascoins and the Loud Drops and all that anymore. So you're looking for guys that are maybe just below the top in England, and you know bargain basement sort buys in, 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 in Europe so that's what it is uh, but on, on to the, the, the third goal Gary I mean 
as I said earlier on, everyone will sort of have a go at Suter. I mean, I, I, I did think he played okay yesterday. I, I did have the fear when, I, when you know, the rumours started on Friday night that Goldson was out and, oh God, Suter's going to have to play. And not because of the boys of Ali, just because he's not played a lot of football. You know, he's only played one game of Rangers this season and that didn't go particularly well. You know, he was at fault for a goal that day at Livingston. And he was just like, okay. And then I thought I, I thought he did done well, thought he acquitted himself well through the game. I, I didn't think he needed to do the, the, the first touch. I thought I thought he had a chance to take a touch before laying it back to McGregor. But, you know, he's made that decision to make it a first-time ball. He's got it wrong. That's bad. I get that. But McGregor's attempt to, to run out and get it. I, and I hate saying this as, as a 50-year-old who still plays fives, right? He looked like an old man running. And you're just like, mate, you're done. You, you are done. And it, it kind of reminded me... Uh, like when, when Jota got there and got round him and rolled into the net, I kind of thought, is this going to be the moment for when McGregor himself goes, right, that's, that's it. Because I remember a story, uh, uh, David Seaman, when he was, you know, the former Arsenal goalkeeper, he said he was playing with City one day and I think he was like 41, 42. And it was like pissing me rain and it was cold. And he just went, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I, t- <laughs> why am I still trying to play top flight football? What am I doing? You know what I mean? It just sort of hit him. Like, why am I still trying to do this? And he made his decision literally there and then on the park. That's it. At the end of this season, I'm I'm calling it up, uh, calling time and, and retiring. And I just wonder if that's maybe a moment that McGregor thought, you know what, five years ago, ten years ago, I'd, I'd have got that cleared bit. It would have been fine. And it's not even the fact that he never got to it. It's when he, he realises that he's not going to get to it. He doesn't even attempt to dive to, you know, because he can use his arms because he's a goalkeeper. I mean, he just he just basically stops and lets Jota run round him, and I hate having a go at him because he's you know he's he's been such a great servant of the club. Obviously, he's, he's been awarded with a testimonial and and all that stuff, and you know he's he's been between the sticks in two European campaigns. I've got us to finals and all that kind of stuff. A Rangers great, but time time stops for no man, and I think that has to be the moment where we're like, right, this is his last season. No more after this. Yeah. That's- DB, as I said, I think um, like I say, a Ross McCrory that they would have been at the, like a whip it and, and then cleared the ball or whatever, eh? but, but it was like, I didn't even think it was like a 50-50, can I think it was uh, if Suter looks he'd see that McGregor wasn't where he obviously thought he was, and it would have averted it so that, that, that's my fault for Suter, he should have looked, but see, McGregor just it was, as soon as that ball was made, you knew it was a goal. There was never a million years McGregor was going to get to that just because it is so slow. Aye, it's, uh, it's, uh, you said before we even started recording, McGregor maybe should have even got a contract at the end of the last season. Um, but if, if, if he got enough for you, that'd be absolute criminal. Um, <laughs> well, Kenny, Kenny Miller was banging on about it last week, apparently, saying that he deserves another year. Surely the evidence yesterday suggests not, because that. I mean, that's the most obvious one, but the other two goals, I think there's an argument to say he was a little bit susceptible at those as well. I, I just think, you know, as I said, I hate being critical and because I, 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 the guy is such a, a legend for the club. But as I say, time waits for no one. At some point, you have to realise that you're not an elite athlete anymore. And I don't think he is an elite athlete anymore. Yeah, he certainly. Start, I've got high high praise for him. He's the, he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen for Rangers, and they could have been asked to start to get into like proper falling Rangers. Goran was quite injury prone. I kind of missed his uh, his peak, 
But uh, like, he's been a great player for us. He didn't want to see. He, he didn't want to see him go that way. No, I mean, kind of played in a European final, Scottish Cup last year. He should have maybe, maybe hung up there, eh? but maybe thought we'd do another chance in the league. I don't know. Is that the issue, Craig? Is it, is it, you know, I think last season would have been ideal from you know what I mean the Scottish Cup. Uh, really unlucky not to finish his career off with a, with a European winners medal as well. Is maybe is maybe part of the reason he's 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 signed on for another year, also down to the club and their inaction in in terms of signing a replacement. You know, I don't think. McLaughlin has really done enough to show that he's a, a reliable number one. So why did why did we not have another keeper lined up? I mean, all the talk at the end of last season was McGregor was going. Why are we not looking at another keeper? Why have we not had someone signed? Because that that must have if, if Rangers have someone signed and and they don't offer him another year. You know what I mean? They say we're sorted, Alan. You you either go and find another club or you go and retire. The fact that we've not had anyone there really to, to, to take on that mantle. I think that's part of the reason the club offered them another year. Yeah, I, I think with McGregor, look, I, I think he's done as well, but I'm petrified that we're going to have to go out and spend big money in a goalkeeper and we end up with a, a barcast at Celtic situation. Um, because, you know, it's all well and good saying, you know, we should go and get this guy or that guy, spend five plus million quid on a goalkeeper, which we probably do need to do, but We've seen in the summer, big outlay on, on players, um, and it's not worked out. Guys like Matondo, Yilmaz, you know, even guys on um, on freeze like Tom Lawrence is on big wages. Um, so going out and spending money and getting people in doesn't doesn't guarantee you success. Um, I just I don't think Robbie McCrory's the one. Um, I would I would have tried to bring him in a while ago maybe, you know, the 55 season, give him a wee bit of game time towards the end, or, you know, last season as well, but, you know, I just don't think that any of the three managers really have fancied him at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, it's... To, to be fair to McGregor, I don't think a goalkeeper last summer was, like, the main priority. I think, you know, obviously we lost a rebound Bassey, you know, we had to get Ben Davies and we had to get guys like Lawrence and what have you. Matondo was a signing that on paper was great because we've been calling out for a right winger for years. Um, so, yeah, I don't think a goalkeeper was a priority, but probably does need to be in the summer now. Um, the problem is, again, it's like maybe also, is it too much change too soon? Maybe that's part of the reason as to why, you know, a lot of guys get new contracts um, at the end of our season as well. But look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I know people rabble on about, oh yeah, you know, we should have got rid of McGregor or even Steve Davis after we won the league because that, that was unfinished. Nobody was saying that at the time. Alan McGregor came off probably the best season in his career the year that we won the league. And Stephen Davis was incredible as well. So they deserve new contracts at that time, I think, because they were still proving that they could perform at the highest level week in, week out for Rangers. You know, maybe a wee there bit. Was signs, there were signs with McGregor last season, though. Oh, no, I'm not talking about last season. I'm talking, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the... Yeah, 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 no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. With, he, he'd earned that deal, but, you know, I, I do feel there was more than one example last season, I think, in 
this history is last season. Yeah. And then we've we've given them that extra year. And the talk of another year just is like you, it just gives me the fear, the, the total fear of having in goals uh, for another season. I uh, I think it, it's one of the ones, as, as I said, it was probably you know, the biggest priority. And, you know, they also spent a lot of money in the summer as well, to be honest. So, you know, maybe it's about trying to balance the books a wee bit more and, you know, as I say, no, no too many changes too soon, but we need a lot of changes in the summer. The, the place needs gutted big time, I think. And yeah, goalkeeper's got to be a priority. Gary, talking about a gutting and, you know, getting getting players on the way out. I mean, Michael Beale's been quite uh, stark and, 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 and honest in his sort of comments saying, you know, that from now to the end of the season, you know, players are playing for their futures. Essentially, you know, decisions will be made will be made based on performances. So Ryan Kent, you know, he's he's as we know, he's he's out of contract to the end of the season. Uh, he'll command a, a, a fairly decent salary, I would imagine. You know, he came in for big money, seven million, so he'll be one of the high earners. This inflated league that you're talking about. So even like championship clubs or, or clubs at the sort of lower level of the Premiership. If they're sniffing about him, they'll be offering him top money. Would you give him that? Because we would obviously, if we want him to stay, now I get that he costs us seven million and if he walks out the door, we've, we've lost that and, you know, that's down to the club, that's down to the board for, for, for not making the correct decisions in terms of either offering him an extension or moving him on when the time is right to move him on. We are where we are on that front. But it was, it was a guy I was talking to yesterday when I was watching the game. It was him that made this point. You know, some English clubs will went from, they'll be offering him top money. Would you offer him top money to stay for another three, four years based on the, the level of performances that we've been getting out of him? And yesterday was a prime example. And I would have to say no. You know, if if, if you're saying it's going to cost 30, 35 grand a week to keep Ryan Kent, I would argue we're not getting 30, 35 grand a week out of him. I, I don't think we're getting enough out of him. So I think... You know, I mean, he was outstanding in the the, the fifty five season. You know, and, he, and the first couple of seasons, I think he, he was obviously one of our main players. But in that fifty five season, especially, he was outstanding. I think a, a large part of that was down to the fact that Roof was fit that season. You know, I think him and Roof had a, had a really good relationship and linked up well. But since then, it, there's just not been enough. And when you think about the miss in the Europa League final, it just it, it gets you even more angry. Uh, Again, I'm, I don't want to be too hard on the guy, but you, you know, as, as Bill says, you have to make hard decisions. And I, I genuinely think it's time for, for for Ryan Kent to go. I mean, if if Rangers announce that they've given him another contract, uh, I will not be happy. <laughs> the thing is, it's not just a contract; it would be a pay rise. I'm assuming as well. So, like, has he justified a pay rise? Because I, I just don't think he has. And. So I've mentioned this in the last time I was on the pod. We'll have a, a, a wage budget, and you've got Ken, Ruth, Alander, Morelos, a big list, McGregor. These guys will be on decent money, and you're not getting enough back for that investment. So we need to. I know it's that we paid seven million, hoping you'd get get money back and things like that. But for just wages alone, we need to spend that money better. And what we're getting now because I'm not saying he doesn't look interested, but can it's he certainly will play 100%. And that's what's worrying because that game yesterday was if we'd won that, 
the, the league race was back on. Like, a draw wasn't good enough, but if we'd, if we'd won that, it was game one, going to be another old firm game to go. And they, they just didn't look, he just didn't look interested. Morelos, I, I heard folks say eh, on a podcast earlier, Morelos done okay. To paraphrase Walter Smith, that's not good enough at Rangers. And that there's too many people that just go through the motions. And I, I, I predicted this with one of my friends yesterday. Once the league's over, we'll beat them at Ibrox and it'll be a, quite a decent performance and we'll beat them and folk will go, see, they can do it, they can do it and that will change people's opinion of them. And we need to look at the bigger picture and say, they've done this for five years. Can okay, no just, no just Manelis, most of that squad, they can turn them when they want to, but when it comes to the big games or the important games, they let us down. And that's how, this is a, I really, really hope that Beal as a as as cutthroat as I hope he is, that he'll have some honest conversations with these guys and just say, look, he's a he's a came, he's a gave us some cracking nights, some cracking moments, but he's only won two trophies since you've been here. I, I worked out earlier, up to Rangers going back into the league, there's been 20 domestic trophies to play for. We've won two, Celtics won 16 if we'll give them the league this year. So that could be 17 and 21 if they win the Scottish Cup. We've won two trophies and the majority of those seasons have been with these players. They're just they're no gain us enough. So we need to make drastic changes and see if we can try and flip that. Craig, Morelos is another one. You know, there was an incident yesterday and I, I, I agree. I, I don't think he was the worst performer yesterday. Certainly not. Uh, but he is another one that's, you know, it's been at the club a while that and Europe aside, you know, in, in the Europa League, he's, he's, he's excelled at times. But in the league campaigns, games against Celtic, just not doing enough. And, you know, there's a whole attitude thing, you know, there's, there's, He's been disciplined by pretty much every manager that he's he's played under at Rangers for for various misdemeanors. There was the fitness thing, the weight thing. There was there was one in the first half yesterday. The ball sort of broke. I think it was a dodgy pass back, and it was sort of a fifty fifty ball. And before it even developed, you knew he wasn't making it. You know what I mean? You kind of oh, oh, it's Morelos running for that. He's not going to make that. You know what I mean? And it it it, it, it kind of half chucked it actually. And you're just thinking you need, you know, if, again, if that's at the other end of the park, a 50-50 with Kyogo, the, the pace that he's got, you know, the centre-halves on the back foot a wee bit thinking, well, I need to make this or this boy's in. But Ellis just doesn't have that. So is he another one that's like, yeah, you've, you've given us some great nights in Europe and, you know, he has a good goal scorer, but as Craig says there, sorry, as, as Gary said there, you know, he's been with the club a number of years now and just not winning enough, not winning enough trophies, not doing it enough in the, in the, in the, the big games, certainly domestically. Is it maybe just time to say, right, well, time for you, because he's obviously he's out of contract at the end of the season as well, just time to say, right, okay, time for you to move on and we need to use that 30 grand or whatever he's on, invest it wisely in another striker. Yep, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos should not be at Rangers next season. Um, they, they just shouldn't be there. Um, guys that I'm afraid have consistently let us down in big matches and big moments. Um, Morelos, you know, he's obviously I've spoke about his discipline issues there. When has he showed up in big games? He shows up in the sort of you know Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen. It's fine. You need to beat Celtic to win leagues. Um, and I, all right, and most part he's done. He's done well in Europe. He's obviously a record goal scorer. But look at some of the teams that he scored against as well. You know, 
um, St. Joseph's, he scored like 10 of his goals against them. So it's like that that does skew the numbers a wee bit. Um, obviously, he's had some some amazing moments, you know, Porto, Feyenoord, that sort of six-month spell the start of the, the 19-20 season. He was, you know, by far the best player in the country. He was unplayable, but, you know... Like everything at Rangers the last few years, it's like have a winter break and then come back a, a change man for whatever reason. Um, so I they, they too shouldn't they be at Rangers next year. People are saying, oh well, if we we don't give Kent a new contract, we'll lose money. Well, I tell you something, we're going to be losing a lot more money if we keep these guys and they consistently fail to give us more trophies in the future. Um, you talk about that chance in the Europa League final. People say the ball was out of play. I don't care. Does he change the fact that he should still score it? All he has to do is get a wee bit of height in the ball. And, you know, there's absolute bedlam in, in that that stand. Um, but it's the, same, it's the same story. And, you know, Gary said earlier, um, we could just get a podcast after a Celtic game or whatever, after, a, a, you know, a big game. And it's just the same. We're, we're saying the same things time and time again. We all know what the definition of insanity is. It's doing the same thing over and over again and getting, um, you know, expecting different results. And it's just going to continue to happen, I think, if if we keep these players. So, no, they shouldn't be at Ibrox next season. And we need to get guys in that will actually provide us with big moments in big games. Can I just uh, say, as well, sorry, sorry, I know we're running out of time. But we're saying about big games, and we'll assume that we're talking about just Celtic. These players have let us do like Aberdeen at Hamden, St. Martin, yeah. St. Johnson, when we could have won a treble, we should have won a treble. But the Aberdeen one, aye, the Aberdeen one, Gary, that you mentioned there, Morelos wasn't he um, playing that day because he was suspended because he was an idiot getting himself sent off every two yeah. weeks that season. And then you have to play with Marcedic up front. If Morelos played that game, we would have won that match and, you know, you've got a cup final. Um it's consistently, you know, we're not talking about one season here. And and Ryan Kent as well. I seen a tweet earlier. Scott Wright has got a better goals to, to minutes ratio than Ryan Kent in the Rangers jersey. How is that possible? Scott Wright's rubbish. How like how can he have more goals than you know our you know our supposed marquee player? And for me as well, we Kent, I think he's the same player as he was when he first came in and won five years ago, albeit the, the year that we won the league. If you look at across the city, you look at the likes of Jota, you know, he had moments last season where he looked a player, but this season he's developed, he's came on leaps and bounds, he can do this at the next thing. You look at Ryan Kent, for me, he's doing the same things. It's happening time and time again. And again, we need to mention it across the city as well. If, if you don't want to be here at Rangers, if you're, you know, hesitating about signing a new contract, get rid of him. Postacoglu done it in January. He got rid of Juranovic. He got rid of Yakimakis because they weren't happy. They weren't going to sign new contracts. Take a fee for them. Replace them. That's what we need to do here. Um, Michael Beale, you know, to, to be fair, it might have already happened, but obviously there's not been an announcement. Michael Beale should have, you know, a contract out. Sign that. If you don't sign it by this date, that's it. Um, because he needs to know now who's going to be in his squad for next season and I've just got a bad feeling that, that he might be a wee bit too too nice I know he's, he's obviously talked about game in terms of you know having to be ruthless and he does need to be ruthless but it's all well and good saying it but he needs to go and actually do it and that that's the, the, the final point I was going to I was going to raise Gary you know Michael Beale he has been quite uh, strong in his, his words in terms of you know 
nothing's been offered to players. You know, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack, Morelos, Kent, he's making this thing that, you know, I, I need to see what they're offering me between now and the end of the season. And, uh, you know, that's the third game. He's played against Celtic now. One draw, two defeats. You kind of feel that, you know, that there's, there's obvious improvement since he's arrived. I don't think any of us can deny that. You know, we've, we've been on a great run and we were a little bit unlucky yesterday in terms of, you know, even although certain individuals didn't play well, I thought collectively we'd done enough to at least get a draw. Obviously, the referee thing has, has, has had an impact as well. But, the, you know, the fact is he's, he's, he's still to beat Celtic. So it's, you know, if he wants to be successful, uh, then he it, it, it does have to be ruthless this summer. You know, he really has to make some decisions with, with players and say, right, OK, you've been here X amount of years, don't really have the trophies to show for that. It's time for us to try something else. And you would have to say his recruitment so far has been pretty good. You know, Raskin and, and Cantwell have improved us. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If he can replicate that and replacing Kent and replacing Morelos and replacing one or two others, then we, sh- we should be in a, a, a you know in a better position moving forward next season. Yeah, um, the, the worry I've got is that we need that many players for next season, and I just don't know if our budget will stretch that. As, as we said earlier, a goalkeeper's a priority, a top goalkeeper, possibly a centre half. Then we, that, that's just at that end of the park. I think you're possibly talking about two or three strikers because the ones we've got at the moment just aren't good enough. And it's, I just really hope that that's how I was kind of talking about a budget. And that they really need to do the scouting properly, really need to see what we need and use that, use the budget well because the amount of money we've got sitting on the injury table is just it's, it's terrible. That It can't be bad luck. It just can't be bad luck because you always see many injuries to players. So we need to do something different. Yeah, I mean, it did feel a bit, you know, we got word on Friday that Raskin was fit and it's like, yes, Raskin's fit, that's the team we want. And then you get the rumour started late on Friday night, obviously the, the goal comes out. And I, I, I do think we are suffering too often from injuries, but that's an argument for another day. Uh, right, guys, I think we'll, we'll call time there. Uh, it's hard enough to, to do that, to be honest with you, without going on to a couple of other things that I've still got in the the agenda here, so, so we'll wrap it up there. So a big thanks to, to Craig and to Gary for their contributions there. Uh, obviously, never easy to come onto these platforms on, on the back of results like yesterday, so big thanks to those two. Uh, we were live tonight, we were live on a Sunday night, uh, but the show will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, uh, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, your usual places. Uh, as I said before, a big thanks to, to Craig and Gary. Uh, we'll have a preview show out on Friday night. Uh, I believe it's John and Brian who are on that. So tune in for that. I think it'll be uh, 9pm on the Friday. Uh, obviously very difficult at the moment guys but you know keep the heads up and get yourself onto the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk so yeah a great week at work awaits us all seeing our chums from the East End and all that kind of stuff Uh, keep the chin up uh, and until next time bye for now